Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Jay John. And I'm Killy John. And we are at the Evangelist Conference. We're going to be interviewed by two of those evangelists called... Mark Greenwood and Mark Ritchie. I can guarantee you there will be a lot of laughter and sacred synergy. Enjoy the interview. We are um, really glad that one or two people were really interested in finding out Killy. Like, how, how did you become a Christian? Yeah. We'd really like to know that, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> you okay of so starting there? I was, <laughs> so I was brought up in a Christian family. Yeah. I did um, RE, actually, for A-level, because I was actually a vicar's daughter. So, you know, it came easily. Yes. <laughs> in those days, it was literally just the Christian faith. And... Um, and so the Bible became a textbook, really. Okay. So by the time I was 17, really, I'd sort of stopped. It was kind of like head knowledge, but not the heart knowledge. So I went off to college and, um, you know, my, my father was very sweet, sent me off with Bible reading notes <laughs> and, you know, and all the things that you did, you know, go to this church. I was like, you've got to be joking. <laughs> so I went off to college, and I was not a happy bunny, though. Because when you've been brought up in a particular way, you, you, know, you, know it's, you know what's missing. There's something missing. Anyway, I was home uh, for the vacation. I was doing hotel management at the time. And um, my father said, you can set up a coffee shop in the church hall. And so I thought, well, that'd be a nice idea. But I had to share the church hall with the overseas outreach. I mean, nobody wants that, do they? No, not really, (laughs) no. And the first thing I was so impressed with, all these students my age giving up their summer holidays to tell people about Jesus. I was like, really? (laughs) Why would anyone do that? And uh, anyway, so um, I had to hand the keys over. So obviously I got chatting to the leader as we handed over the keys and everything. And... um, you know, he, said, he kept saying, you know, come along, come along to some of the meetings. I was like, no, I'm really busy. I've got to do all the cleaning and all the laundry and make the cakes and all this sort of thing. And uh, anyway, um, I did go. It was a Holy Spirit moment. Mm. Sat down, went on my, said to my mum, actually, I'm going, <coughs> going to go to this meeting. And it was like everything, the drama, the talk. The worship, it was like my whole life being laid before me. And there was a peer, and I was a, forget the overseas students, I was the first one up there. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So then then the leader followed me up, and then he fell in love with me and married me. Oh, (laughs) he's the leader. the leader. Oh, man. You were the leader? Yeah. Is is that right? I did not know that. No, when I... When I met Killy, she um, no, obviously comes from generations of missionaries, generations, and she wasn't interested. And I, I invited her to come. She says, no, no, I, I don't want to come. I said, well, come anyway. She says, <laughs> she says, I haven't got any time. I can't come. I said, well, come anyway. She says, listen, I don't actually want to come. <laughs> I said, well, come anyway. <laughs> You know, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Don't, if you ask somebody to come, they say, no, don't stop. <laughs> you know, because she was sitting on the fence, so we needed to electrocute the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and she came, 
And, uh, and I think with you, though, it was a bit like um, y y this brand new radio. Yeah. And that day, that night, you got plugged in and almost like the, the yeah. years of your upbringing just kicked in. Wow. So like your, your, the faith that you had before, did you still believe in God, even though you were brought up in it and then wanted to give it? There's still a, a belief know, in it's, God. It's interesting, isn't it, when you think back, because I've often thought back and sort of analysed mm. <laughs> how was it. And definitely as a child, I remember praying, I remember having a relationship with Jesus. And then there came, came a point where it wasn't that I was an atheist. Right. It, it just wasn't relevant. Okay, right. And I think that was probably... Did you think much about God in that time? No. Uh, all, or was it just... Empty not really. I knew, I, knew, I knew I wasn't living life in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like, I wasn't happy because of that. So, you know, yeah. Wow, I did yeah. not know that. Do you, did not, you know that? Yeah, I did actually. Oh, great. Yeah, because I listen when she talks. Yeah. <laughs> John, what about your own story? I think a, a lot yes. of people have heard your story, but there'll be a lot that hasn't. I mean, like, allegedly, Andy Economides led you to Jesus. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about how that happened. I met Andy my first day of college. And the interesting connection was, as I remember it, was that Andy came up to me and said, are you Greek? And I said, yeah, I am. Are you Greek? So there was that cu cultural connection. And I discovered that he was a Christian, but I didn't know what that meant. Okay. And then he gave me a Bible. And we did Bible studies. Brilliant. I mean, didn't call it that. No, no. But he basically, every week, he helped me to understand the message of the Bible. Were there key moments in that where you think there was a shift in your mind that you can recollect, or was it just... Oh, well, the tipping point was when he showed me Revelation 3.20, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. That was, for me, the tipping point. And he said, have you heard Jesus knocking on your door? And uh, I said, well, where's the door? I don't know where the door <laughs> is, you know. And I, and I think Andy said something like, don't worry about the door. Um, just ask Jesus to break the door down. <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes God uses just the basics, doesn't mm. it? And I knelt down beside my bed that night, 9th of February, 1975, and I said, Jesus, if it's you that's knocking on my yeah, door, yeah. break this door down. Yeah. And, and the light came on. And very quickly, you were out and about sharing your faith, weren't you? You didn't hold back, did you? Well, it was you the next day. The next day, uh, again, uh, you know, Something shifted, something changed, but you don't at that time have the vocabulary. No. You, you don't know, yeah. but you're aware that something's different. Yeah. And where I lived and where I, we went to, I went to college, it was about a mile and I used to walk. And, um, and I walked past this homeless man and, um, and I said, oh, have you had breakfast? So this is the day after. Have you had breakfast? He said, no, I've not had breakfast. I said, oh, I, do you want breakfast? He said, yes. I said, well, I'll take you for breakfast. And I said to him, where do you hang out? He says, well, you know where you met me? That's where I hang out. I said, no, no, no. Where do you normally hang out? He goes, well, you know where you met me? That's, that's where I hang out. And I, I was trying to process this. Wait a minute. If he's telling me the truth, that means Monday to Friday, September, October, November, December, January, February, I walked past him and I never saw him. Wow. And I, I remember thinking, oh, my word, I'm seeing homeless people. You know, I, I'd, never, wow. I'd never spoken to a homeless person before. And, um, and then I went to college and I, I said to Andy that I'd become 
um, receive Jesus. And he said, great, let's meet later on today. And uh, I went to my lecture, sat next to my friend, Richard Gamble. I said, Richard, I, I, I became a Christian last night. And uh, I said, are you a Christian? He says, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? I'm Greek and, and I know in your English you don't know. You should know. And then I told him about the door. You've got to open the door. <laughs> Where's the, did so, he say, where's the door? Robert? No, so he, he prayed to receive oh, Christ in the, wow. in the lecture room. The day after the, oh yeah. Well, I hadn't joined the yeah. church yet to find out you weren't supposed to do yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I introduced Richard to Andy, and the three of us went to the student union to register the Christian union. And Andy became the president. Um, Richard was the uh, treasurer, and I was the secretary. Wow. <laughs> So when you preached your very first sermon, your very first evangelistic sermon, can you remember it? And was it any good? Well, okay, I do remember it. And you know about this, yeah, don't do. you? Uh, so um, I went to this house party um, in the, uh, the summer and uh, it was a cipher house party for young people. And it was a week and I was at that and I got... Then I got onto the team, and the, the guy running it asked me to give one of the talks. And, um, I, and, the, and these talks at this house party were, were actually very simple, break down the gospel talks. <coughs> and, uh, but I'd, I knew how to get the plane off, yes. you know, but I didn't know how to land it. Yeah, just bring it straight down. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. So then the, the guy, Kenneth Habersham, came up, and put his hand around me while oh, I was still speaking. <laughs> and like, brother, <laughs> it's time. I just didn't, nobody, I didn't know how to land it, you know? And you've got to be taught how to communicate. Mm. Yeah. Could you tell in that one talk that you were going to become a renowned world-class communicator? Well, I knew, I knew then, and I still know now, that I'm just a donkey. <laughs> and I... And I uh, I love that story of the of the donkey carrying Jesus into Jerusalem. You know, the, because the donkey thought it was all about him, and he couldn't believe it. Everyone's applauding the donkey. It's it's the first outing in his life, and they, they think this is amazing. I love life. I love people cheering me. And actually, this is incredible. They don't want me even to get my feet dirty, and they're laying down all their garments. And and we all know, don't we, what happened to the donkey. You never, ever heard of him again after <laughs> Jerusalem. Um, no, I've, I've always known and felt privileged to carry Jesus. Kelly, can you remember the first time you heard him preach? And was it any good? Yeah, no, he was really good. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> he yes, was you can remember, the no, time, it wasn't yeah. good. Well, that, well, that no, was the time, the time she received Christ. So by the time, yes, yeah, so, uh, yes, that's right, actually. So your very yeah. first preach... And you led Killy to Jesus? No, it wasn't the very first preach. No. The first no. one she heard. No. Stick with the questions. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm getting a bit... No, you're okay. really We're linking confused. questions together. There's right. a thread. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I'm so no. sorry. No. It was... Tell me then. What was it? It was the... So it was at this Cambridge International Outreach. Oh, OK. That's where I first heard him. Right. Yeah. And was he any good? He was really... Well, he was really good. I mean, it was... It was... Um, I responded. So yeah, obviously yeah. spoke... He obviously spoke to me. Yeah. But I don't think we ever really, ever really Everybody. imagined no. how things would go. We just thought, well, we'll just serve the Lord one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was it really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And, and those early years, like when we got married, I mean, there were, I was doing, I, I, I think in those days, I didn't really know, it was like, oh, I'd rather burn out for Jesus mm. than rust out for Jesus. And <laughs> I, I, would, I started doing university missions and, um, and they were a week, uh, well, six days actually, leave Monday, get back late Saturday night, have Sunday off, leave Monday, get back Saturday night, have Sunday off, leave Monday, get back late oh Saturday goodness. night. Um, and I would, do, I mean, I did 102 university college missions. Oh, man. And we just thought that was normal. Yeah. Um, we, you know, didn't have mobile phones Could in those days. Could I just say days. we muddled through? We, muddled, <laughs> we kind of, just kind of muddled through. And, but then, uh, then the... Um, the bank took away your card, your bank card. Oh, hello, now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> OK, this isn't our finest moment, and I don't think we've ever told this story ever. Oh, well, this is the go best on. moment to do it. <laughs> yeah. Go on. You've probably never told the story about throwing the salad spoon. <laughs> no. So, it's first. so, so, um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> where do I begin? So I had a job, full-time job, uh, setting up a coffee shop in Nottingham Library, actually. Okay. And, um, it wasn't the best job in the whole wide world. <laughs> and to be fair, uh, when the police came in and said... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> said, there's people smoking drugs in... Because you could smoke at that time in, in restaurants and mm. things. There people, you know, and we have to, we have to monitor it and we're going to come in plain clothes. I thought, I don't need to be doing this job. <laughs> So, um, so actually, I just said to the guy in a very polite way, I'm not doing this job anymore, <laughs> <laughs> and um, left. But basically, we were reliant on my salary. Mm. So consequently... Because <laughs> I, was, I was earning book tokens. Things oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, come on. I mean, they, they were a whole week, and the students would give a £5 book token. But anyway, things... Occasionally a £10 one. Things went downhill quite rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't ever destitute because the law provides, but yeah. they did take away my bank card. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were, we were rented accommodation. So I said, oh, Killy, it would be so much better if we own our own house. <laughs> and it's like, uh, well, how? Oh, I'll go and get a mortgage. I'll go and get a mortgage. <laughs> so I go to see this mortgage guy. And um, he says, oh, he goes, Mr. John, what I've got to do is fill it up this form. Okay, and uh, there's 10 questions, 10 boxes, and if you get six or more ticks in the boxes, you can get a mortgage. I said, oh, straightforward. <laughs> great, great. So he asked the 10 questions, went there. He goes, uh, Mr. John, you don't have any ticks. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even have one tick. Just he, he, said, he said, do you have a salary? <laughs> no. Where do you get your money from? Well, we asked Jesus. <laughs> Has your wife got a salary? No. Have you got savings? No. Have you got anyone that could help you? No. No. So are you going through all these? No, no, no. So he says, I, you can't have a mortgage. I say, oh, please give me a mortgage. <laughs> he said, Mr. John, I can't give you a mortgage. I said, oh, please give me a mortgage. <laughs> he said, Mr. John, could you please leave? So I'm like, I get up now, and I, I'm beginning to leave like this. I said, please. 
please give me a mortgage. <laughs> he says, I cannot give you a mortgage. So I'm by the door now. He goes, please leave, Mr. John. I said, please give me a mortgage. Please, pl please. Oh, please give me a mortgage. The guy goes, all right, then. <laughs> right. The amazing thing is, he gave us a 100% mortgage. Wow. And our repayments were cheaper than the rent. Brilliant. So, roll on many, many years to just a maybe a few four, years ago. Four, four years, years ago. ago, this guy comes up to us in Nottingham at this thing we were we were speaking at, and uh, he goes, "Do you remember me?" To John, like this, and um, and John was like, "Well, you look familiar, but you know." He said, I was the guy who gave you the mortgage. Oh. I mean, you can't, you can't make that up. And so I said to him, I said, is it true? I said, is it true? Because, you know. Yeah, Killy goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, can I just say, let's be honest. Let's be honest. In a room full of evangelists, yes. there's a little bit of... Al no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so Killy, you know, evangelistic, all that sort of so, so Killy says to him, can I hear your version? And... It was exactly the same. <laughs> and there you it go. was unbelievable. And he oh, wasn't a Christian then, but had subsequently become a Christian. Become a Christian. Wow. That is amazing. I know. Christ. That is amazing. <laughs> is that how you do your appeals now? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> yeah, please, become, please, become. Please, please become a Christian. <laughs> No, please. Compel them. Oh, no. Please become a Compel them. <laughs> yes, come on. Oh, come so on. just really quickly before we move on, what if somebody in the room is, like, financially massively challenged, they're, they're stepping out for God, and they're in a situation where money is really, really tight? What, what would you... I mean, what a great story, but what... Speak faith into us that are, like, living by faith, trying our best to, to serve God, but the money's really difficult. Yeah. No, it is it is hard and I think it's it's even harder, particularly in these these times. Mm. But um you know, God is so faithful. Yeah. So I mean it's little things, isn't it? So we had this um home group in our house and um you know, literally we'd we were we were a bit dire. There wasn't much biscuits or coffee or anything. <laughs> and um people would just come round with what you needed and it was just incredible I mean it really was incredible and then one day a guy turned up didn't he and he said I've bought you this and it's one you know the one pound notes mm. he bought 129 129 I still remember it one pound. one pound notes and he said I just felt the Lord wanted me to give you this I mean it's just stuff amazing. like that it was just amazing no, but he came and gave it to you I was away on a mission and I came back I didn't know about this. No. And you said, how many had come to the Lord? Yeah. And it was 129. Oh. I mean, it's like... Oh. And, I mean, back then, we're going back to the 80s now. Oh, and it wow. was like, and quite, I'm it was gone. A lot of I'm money. gone. <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, no. the thing is... Oh, man. If you know you're doing what God wants you to do, yeah. he will provide. I mean, that doesn't mean be silly and, you know, and not, not and be unwise, but it does mean yeah. just keep putting one step forward and, um, yeah. This may be impossible to ask, but how much do you think being generous is linked to seeing God provide? Oh, do you know, 
I, th I think a number of different things. Um, humility, holiness, and generosity, mm. I think, are all interlinked. Mm. And um, I, I, get, I, I get various young evangelists wanting to come, wanting to come and see me. And um, over the years, I've, you know, I've seen quite a lot of people. And, um, and they'll come and I'll say, oh, how can I help you? And the conversation goes a bit like this. Oh, you know, I want to do what you do. And I say, oh, what do you think I do? <laughs> and, uh, and, and they kind of think, oh, I play football in the Premier League. That's what they think, you know. And uh, they play football, but they'd rather play it in the Premier League. So I, I say, well, actually, you only need two things to do that. And, and they're like, really? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah two things. One, humility. Not, I'm not saying, oh, I'm humble, but I know this. You know, humility is to receive praise and to pass it on to God untouched. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we don't have that humility, I think we're, we're losing it, yeah? Mm -hmm. Holiness. Being clean. Clean for God. You know the uh, beatitude, uh, <coughs> the pure shall see God, the Greek word pure, katharos, the root meaning of that word is no mixed motives. Wow. So who are the people who are going to see God? The people with no mixed motives. Yeah. And I would say humility <coughs> and holiness are linked with generosity because we're serving a generous God, yeah. isn't it? And when you realise that you're just a steward, a guardian of time, talents, and treasure, then, mm -hmm. you know, you, you want to share it. You want to give it away. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well, because when we were starting out, people were very generous to us, mm. and we sort of saw that and were so grateful that I think we just out, out of that yeah. as well, didn't we? Yeah, we, just we did. Sort of, Gratitude. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, some years ago, this uh, uh, guy in Ireland, I was leading a mission in Bangor, uh, a Just 10 mission in Bangor, and this guy in Ireland uh, contacted me and he said, oh, I, I'm an evangelist and I, I, um, can I come and see you? So I said, well, I'm coming every week for 10 weeks. Why don't you come to the hotel I'm staying at and I'll meet you? So he comes over and I said, well, what's your story? He said, well, I'm an evangelist, but I'm a fireman. And I said, yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, but I, I really feel it's time for me to kind of step out. I said, yeah. So I said, what's the problem? Why don't you step out? He says, well, uh, I won't have a salary. I said, so? <laughs> well, what's the problem? And I said to him, well, how much are you earning currently? And uh, at that time, he was earning £25,000. So I said, listen, mate, I said, you just need 25 people to give you £1,000 each. And, and he's, he's kind of processing this. And I felt the Lord say to me, give him £1,000. And I'm like... I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking a personal thousand yeah. pounds, yeah. you know, from Killian. And it's like, we, you know, we didn't really have that much in the bank account. And he wants me to give a thousand pounds. I said, I'm going to give you a thousand pounds. It was the days of the checkbook. And I had the yeah. checkbook with me, got it out, wrote a thousand pounds. I said, I'm the first. Huh? I said to him, if you don't become a full-time evangelist, <laughs> I want it back. <laughs> Fair enough. 
But you know, when I was I was a theological college, and uh, we were taken our our tutor took our tutorial group to a monastery. I'd never been to a monastery before, and uh, we we met this monk who kind of did a little guided retreat, and um, the first thing he did was he took this our group um, into the church. Uh, and he said to us, I just want you to sit here, be still, and know that he is God. And he says, uh, I'll be back in two hours. And I remember, I'm like sitting there going, what's going on? <laughs> you can't just sit here. <laughs> He, wa he, wa he wants us to sit here for two hours. <laughs> what? What? And not have a Mars bar and a coffee? <laughs> and not have a chat? What are we going to do? He, he wants us to be still and know that God is God. Mm. I couldn't do it. Mm. I couldn't do it. And then um, he invited me to go back. And um, I started spending a day a month in the monastery every month it would be in my diary and um, I went for 17 years Wow! and every month a day a month and I tell you I, I it got to the point where I could just be in the presence of Jesus mm. all day mm. it's, it's what brother uh, Lawrence in his little book, uh, booklet practicing the presence of God yeah yeah, because you and I've, I've started to experiment with silence because of moments spent with you when you've like we've been on retreat and everything. There's a whole lot of us. I'm from a Pentecostal background, a lot of shouting and praise and worship and noise. And there have been these moments where you've guided us into this more powerful silence. And so I've like started to have like weekly moments of silence that are really like been really incredible and I've found that it's like changed me spiritually and I've actually been able to do spiritual warfare in silence yeah sometimes more powerfully than some of my background where it was screaming and shouting yeah. and and I, I I know I just wanted to honor you with this but you know those retreats were all mucking around laughing and everything and there'll be a time when you'll say okay boys mainly us you're like, okay, Mark. <laughs> to be fair. It is mainly us. Okay, lads, enough now. We're just going to have a few moments in the presence of God. And we have these powerful times. And you are someone who's chased after God's presence. And I, I just wanted to honor you mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there are times where you really do just bring us, lead us to a place where it's just so sacred and powerful and beautiful. Just thank you. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media.